Yeah, they hate, but they broke though. They broke, though. And when it's time to pop, they have no show. Yeah, I'm pretty, but I'm loco. Yeah, I'm loco. The loud got me moving slow mo. Hey, yo, Tweety, where the hoes, bro? Hey, yo, Keys, where the hoes, though? That other nigga, he a bozo. It's a mayor, you don't know. We got liquor by the boatload. Disrespect the life, that's a no no. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Brunch Breakdown. Mm-hmm. Welcome here, back to baby. Brunch 17. Welcome back to Brunch. How's it going, fellas? Excellent. I'm good. Super Excellent. happy that Dan has left Los Angeles and let me have my house back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back in the 412. I'm back in the Berg. Yes, uh, after a long, another long stint in Los Angeles, I've decided to return to the East Coast. <laughs> Unfortunately, but uh, well, on the East Coast, we always wonder uh, what's going to happen with Dan when he leaves because, uh, as we've discussed, he 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 doesn't buy a round trip ticket, so we never know if he's actually coming home. <laughs> you honestly, you wouldn't believe that the texts I get when I go to LA that say like, "Are did you decide to come home? Are you staying out there?" Um, you know, like what, like honestly asking me if I'm coming home from LA ever, like every time I go out there, there's a threat of me not coming back. And I still receive the, the text messages every week or every time that I go out there. I, think, I find it hilarious. I but. think we know you're coming back. We just don't know if it's like next week or next month. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. You're right. Cause I do. I buy the, the one way ticket and it works out very well for me every single time, including this time. But I just like a little bit of mystery out there. Always leave them wanting more. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's fair. And it's so funny, though, because, like, every time he comes out, like, I don't know if he's going to – I don't know if he's staying forever. Like, I don't know if all of a sudden I'm going to hear him in the morning, like, talking to, like, somebody on the phone just being like, all right, well, I need you to send my stuff to, you know, these address so I can come. Or is he going to, like – you know, or is he leaving next month? I, I never know. I absolutely have no idea whenever, whenever he comes up. So. Well, I'm back. I've made it home for this time. We'll see when my uh, next trip. We'll recap the trip here shortly. Um, yeah. But there's a number of topics again on the table Tons. for brunch 17. Lots and lots of stuff to go over. But before we do, there it is. <laughs> but before we do, God. I love it. It's the greatest transition in the world. Chris Gates. Hey. Introduce everybody to the table and tell them how they can hear more about us. Okay. Um. So this is the brunch breakdown. If you didn't know what you were listening to. Uh, why are you here? But we're glad you're here. <laughs> this is the Brunch Breakdown podcast, um, and you can find that podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. So we'd like to encourage you uh, to head over to either of those platform, platforms, search for the Brunch Breakdown, uh, and hit subscribe. We're also on Twitter at Brunch Breakdown. Uh, we are on Facebook, uh, and our all of our content can be found online at chrisanddanpodcast.com. Uh, Didi is on Twitter at Didi is bored. Dan is on Twitter at Steel City Dan twenty two. Double deuces. And I am on Twitter at Chris underscore Gates. That's right. Your hosts, as always, are Didi, Dan, and Chris. And we have a number of of items on the menu this week. Let me run through those real quick. Uh, we are going to talk about the brand new show uh, on on HGTV, <laughs> House Hunters Pittsburgh. Yes. We are going to, as Dan mentioned, recap uh, a a week in L.A. We are surprised it wasn't a month in L.A. Uh, (laughs) R.I.P. Brangelina. Much to talk about there. Many tears will be shed. 
We have a topic. What are the three fictional characters that describe you? I am very excited uh, <laughs> to hear what you guys have picked. Um, topic. Uh, other topics on the menu. Thoughts on the national anthem protests. I know this was something that we talked about on the podcast uh, one or two episodes ago, um, and it's still something that's going on, so we're going to talk about that. And as always, we're going to talk about what music we're listening to this week. So all that and more coming your way. All the incentive to continue listening to our fantastic voices. That's right. That's right. That's what, that's what you came here for. Every single two weeks. You come here for, for more, more and more. Every single two weeks. More and more brunch, brunch content. Just like John Gruden always used to say, anything can happen on any given Sunday, especially on Monday night. So <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I feel like that's your favorite quote, Dan. Like I feel like it that is. needs to go like on your tombstone. Like that one. You say that all the time. I know it's fantastic. I love it. I, it makes zero sense, and I kind of live by it, and that's why it makes <laughs> sense for me because I don't make a lot of sense. Who's so. the Who's the new guy on Monday Night Football with John Gruden? Oh, do you know, um, Do you know his name? Sean uh, McDonough. Yeah, Sean yeah, McDonough. Have you guys watched them much on the on the broadcasts broadcasts yeah. so far? I have, and obviously Mike Tirico has been at that helm for – he was at that helm for a little while um, and some other very notable guys as the lead play-by-play caller. Sean McDonough is a very good play-by-play announcer, and the the thing is with Monday Night Football is so epic. I just don't feel like there's that level of enthusiasm, like even in, even in his voice. Again, I think he's very, very good, but I just don't get like the excitement – out of it just because he's just very calm and he does his job. He does it very, very well, but I don't see as much. And again, it's, it's early. There's not as much of a relationship with him and John Gruden yet, uh, still working with each other early, but it makes me miss Mike Tirico just a little bit. Yeah. I like Tirico. Tirico can do every sport. I love Tirico so much. Like, I don't know. That guy is so talented. Like, I don't know if people understand how talented Mike Tirico is like he, honestly you know one week he's doing the he goes from the NFL to the to the NBA and then they send him out to the World Cup two weeks later and he's doing that like he's you know it's just unreal like the, everything that he does he does golf he does every single thing and Mike Tirico is just really good I mean I so it's like it's not going to be that but I don't know I don't really pay attention to announcers that much like I don't know it's like if they're really good it's like okay if they're really bad, I'm like, all right, I'll say something. But then if, but most of them are just in the middle, and I just, I don't know. I, it's like I kind of tune mm-hmm. them out. Like it's not like I put my TV on mute, but I'm also just like, eh, they're just there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have fair. these uh, these strong feelings toward announcers like a lot of people do. You know, I actually feel like if it's like a play-by-play guy, like, and and you don't have a feeling towards him, then he's probably doing his job pretty well because yeah. like he's just supposed to dictate, date, and take and give you give you give you information. But like. I, I don't know. It was it was the Bears and the Eagles on Monday night last mm-hmm. week, and I think I think McDonough, no John John Gruden tried to like like tell a joke or something or like kid around with McDonough, and McDonough was just like standing there. And then later, right. McDonough tried to do a joke to Gruden, and Gruden just stood there with that yeah, that, that face. <laughs> I'm like, these guys have no chemistry. Spider two wide banana like, man. Like Gruden, that'll get him every time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you what the Bears do on offense here. That's going to get him every single time, man. Like, like Gruden, Gruden and Tarico like, would play off each other. And, like, right, that's know, what I'm like, saying, yeah. Yeah, but, like, McDonough was just like, 
Uh, <laughs> right. There was nothing. Yeah. It was awkward silence. I felt so uncomfortable. I know. Yeah, there was. There's not as much of an entertainment factor really to it um, with him. I don't know how we got on this topic, but good stuff, yeah. I guess. Weird. I think that was my fault. You're bad. You're Lonely bad. brunchers. I hope you. Ex- I hope you enjoyed that. Lonely brunchers. Yeah, they're out there. <laughs> they're out there. Um, but Chris, let's talk. Let's get on this first topic, which involves you and yes. your brand new uh-huh. show on HGTV, uh-huh. House Hunters Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Uh, we got an update from you in Brunch 16 that. There's some home searching going on, and it uh, continues to develop so. Uh, I was fortunate and, and lucky enough to be a part you're, of that. You're the producer. I'm you're the, the producer of the show. Producer of the show. So how did the house hunt go, and can you give us an update of how that process went, where things are now? First time home yeah, buyer for you, so it's, it's fun and scary stuff. It is fun. It is scary. Uh, there's a lot of paperwork, <laughs> and uh, it's gone well. We kind of like had a uh, – me and fiance Katie, we kind of had a, a game plan going into the fall. We kind of knew what we were going to try and do, um, and uh, we were going to you know, try and, and get a, a deal on a good house, and, and we're, we're, we're pretty close to making that official. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a – I've learned that it's exciting. Uh, it's very much a a hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, like back and forth process in trying to buy a house uh, because like you do you, you you look for different properties and then you find a few that you like and you go look at all of them and if you like one of them then you put an offer and you do all this negotiating and then everybody waits. Yes. And then there's radio silence. I'm like, are we, we? I feel like we should be doing something. And then you finally hear back, and then okay, you got to do an inspection, you got to do all this stuff, and then you're in the house, and then you get these reports, and then you wait, and then Ugh. you're like waiting for the other people to talk to you again, and then like there's a, the whole mortgage things going on at the same time where you're like doing all this paperwork and seeing you're getting pre-approved for stuff and all this stuff, and then it gets approved, and then you just sit there and then you wait. <laughs> And it's like, I don't know, it's like stressful. We've had these weeks where like I am getting no sleep and I'm super stressed out. And then and then we like the last like f- like four days, I've had nothing to do. And it's it's like equally as weird because we've I don't know, it's just it's it's a very weird process. And going through it for the first time makes me not want to go through it a second time <laughs> because it's a little crazy. Although I guess if we ever did it again, then I'd be more prepared for it. But uh, so far, it's going well. Uh, we have a, a house that we like, um, and uh, it looks like most of the, the terms and everything are agreed upon. Inspection went well, and uh, hopefully we can uh, we can wrap everything up here in the next uh, in the next couple of brunch breaks, there we go. and then I'll be a homeowner. Well, good update. Good update. Encouraging. Encouraging. Yeah, it's so- welcome. Welcome to my life a little bit there. It's yeah, from Dan's – I don't know if anybody knows what Dan does, but we can just call it the mysterious day job. <laughs> Dan, uh, that, that allows him to come to L.A. every six months for like right. a month. Right. Yeah, <laughs> because of Dan's mysterious day job, he's been able to help uh, uh, fiancé Katie and I in a lot of the process uh, because he has a lot of hashtag knowledge. <laughs> so uh, it's been fun. So how was that though? How was – you know? All right, so you guys looked at houses with Dan. How was yeah. that between house to house? What went on in the car? That's what I want to know. Like, what were these conversations like in the car with Dan? <laughs> no, dude. Like, not even joking about, like, we have a TV show because I felt like I was on a TV show. Like, 
we went to the first we checked out three houses in one day and we had like the listing sheets with all the information about the houses so we got to the first place we looked at it we got in the car we had about like a five mile drive to the next place and as we're driving dan is like doing exactly the same thing that you hear on hgtv he's like narrating (laughs) stuff about the next house (laughs) like what's the one show with the guy i think is it house hunters where they, they like they have like three three or five that they check out and then they pick one and then they they remodel it yeah like whatever show that is that's what they do like they go to the one house and then they're like well the couple seemed semi-interested but we've got this next house it's a victorian (laughs) with three bedrooms and two and a half and like that's what dan was doing in the car ride it was amazing like i I felt like i was on tv it was fantastic I wasn't even doing it on purpose either. I was just like, all right, so we're on to the next house here, and we got a three-bedroom, <laughs> two-and-a-half bath, uh, you know, 18 years old, and you're like, you you realize this is literally like House Hunters right now, and you're narrating That's awesome. just like the show. And I was just like... Yeah, dude, it was it was amazing. That is welcome. sweet. You're welcome. So it's been a fun experience. It's been fun, but uh, yeah. yeah, good stuff so far. That process just sounds awful. Like, it really sounds awful. And I've heard this from other people, too, like other friends who have bought houses, like, recently. And they're, they tell me these stories about having to go back and forth with the owner of the house. And I'm just like, I can't handle that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't handle that. Yeah. Like, I would be checking my email or, like, looking at my phone constantly waiting for somebody to hit me back. Like, I don't know. Like, I, ugh, I'd be freaked it's, out. Yeah. The negotiations are are pretty stressful because like like going into it you know that your first offer is not going to be what they want to hear and then normally their counter is probably not going to be what you want to hear um so then from that point on you have to stress about whether or not you're going to end up on a number that you're comfortable with and like agonizing about that for like four or five days straight is is not fun at all but woof we got there we got there well i'm so happy for you guys though you know i know it's Thanks. not official, hey, we're gonna, official we're a, yet but if it, if if it all continues uh the way it's going which is in the right direction we're gonna have a lot of room <laughs> so feel free nice. come on over nice. We have enough stuff to furnish like two rooms of a house, so it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot. Of well, it's well. I know it's not official until you see the picture on Facebook of you two standing in front of the house with the keys. Yeah, right. That's all. That's right. It's not official until then. So that's right. That's when it matters. That's when it matters. Fiance Katie put a took a took a picture at the inspection, and I said, "Don't you dare put that on Facebook." <laughs> I said, "That's gonna ru- it's gonna jinx everything, and we're not gonna get this smart." House. Smart call there. Yes, very good call. Sometimes you have to do that, though, in relationships, I feel like, and with your family, too. You have to be like, don't you dare post that on Facebook, whatever it is. Oh, I do that with you, my family all the time. I have to do that time. constantly. I'm like, don't do that. Like, for what? Don't do it. We don't need to post everything right away. I, I don't need somebody to know every <laughs> step of the way of something. Oh, you know what I liked? And, and this is going way back and probably shows – our age Didi. i remember for the longest time you rocked just a digital camera like not yes. it wasn't your smart even one. i think early on when you had a smartphone that took photos you oh. still used the digital camera oh, yeah. and it, like it would be like almost like this black hole we didn't know what was on the camera because you would take the you had like rules about your camera where you would take pictures but like nobody yep. could review them and every two to three months then you would upload those oh, photos, yeah. and then it was cool because then you got to like relive those memories like 
you know, months down the road as opposed to the very next day, like, oh, look at that. And then you never have that moment again where you're like, oh, that was a fun time because it's all on there immediately. And then it, and then you move yeah. on. Like, I just don't like how I don't like how it's like every moment you can literally just take a picture because, I mean, the reason why I don't have my digital camera anymore is because, you know, cell phones, their cameras are awesome now before they weren't yeah. like all the way up until probably like three or four years ago. They just I mean, they weren't to me. So I was like, I'm not going to I'm going to use my digital all the time. But it was more fun that way. I don't know. Like, I like I miss my digital camera. I need to figure out some way that that like excites me to take a bunch of pictures again. Like, I don't know, maybe a disposable camera. Maybe I'll bring it back. Yeah, I've heard about that. Like people do for like uh, like trips or like bachelor or bachelorette yeah. parties and stuff like that. Like when you go on it, you like like. You t- like people have said like well, okay nobody take photos with your phone or anything like that where everybody gets a disposable camera and take these photos and then get them developed and like that's like a cool way to well, like remember whatever trip well that's happening at. so yeah that's, remember that's that that's like, happening for your bachelor party trip. yeah just that's a great you know idea right now that's that down. happening that's that's a funny transition well, okay. because we actually <laughs> saw when i was in la we saw somebody with a disposable camera yeah you remember that dd oh that yeah was, uh We'll get to that. Let's start at the beginning, though. Let's let's go into to topic two, which is the L.A. trip, my uh, ext- my extreme adventures out in Los Angeles. Chris, you said it could be a week, it could be a month. I think we did enough stuff for a month's worth of stuff uh, while I was out there. We literally squeezed every minute out of every day that we can. Uh, we saw Beyonce at yeah. Dodger Stadium, which was incredible. And if you follow the brunch breakdown on Instagram – you would have seen some of that footage. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention that. You were on Instagram at Brunch Breakdown. <laughs> cool, thanks. <laughs> um, but the queen was the queen. She was incredible. Uh, Didi, I know it's the second time you've seen her this year. Yeah. Just as good, right? It, it was just as good. It was, I actually think it was better. Like, it was, it was unreal. Like, it was – she's just – it's one of those people like that you realize like what it was like for people to see like Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? Or to see whomever it is that was the biggest star of that era. Like she's, Mm -hmm. she's it. Like she's the one for our generation. And like, it's, it's just unreal watching her just have 50,000 people in the palm of her hand. Like it felt so like intimate in a stadium the way that her show is completely is set up, the way that she's talking to the crowd, the way that, like, you know, she did her song Love on Top completely a cappella with the crowd. Like, it was amazing. It was, the, it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen happen at a concert. Like, it was just like, you're going through a song that's, and the thing is, Love on Top isn't a slow song either. That's what made it so interesting because, like, Love on Top is like an upbeat, like, dancing song, like, and everyone is on beat singing this song with Beyonce, 50,000 people. And it's just like, you're just like, what is happening right now? It was like, she's, she's unbelievable. On her stage and, show, everything was incredible. And that chorus keeps going up yeah. a little bit. Not a complete <laughs> octave, but it keeps going up. And it just kept going and going. And the whole crowd just keeps going. I'm like... Shit, I don't know how many more notes I can get up here, Queen. <laughs> We're getting really high. I'm like, I feel like we've gone past where the song usually goes. It's like, you're the one I need. It's like, whoa, whoa, easy, easy. We gotta put this on hold. Because, like, everybody just kept going. And I'm like, oh, no. This is going to go all night. But it's amazing. I feel like Dan like was People are just going to well, start falling out. I don't want to say Dan was the only one trying to do that. But, like, you didn't really need to try that hard. Like. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although, Chris, to your point, I mean, this was mostly 
Lemonade, mostly for this show. She did go back and have some songs like that that she threw it back to, but she performed a lot of Lemonade. And your review of that album was, it's great, but I don't think it's written for me. (laughs) Right. And so there were moments where I was just like, this woman, it's this woman's going to walk yeah. over here and just slit my throat. Yes, right now. Yeah, it's like hard. Yes. It is hard to to sing songs that are like about a man doing you wrong. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can only get so into <laughs> yeah. those, those specific songs. Yeah, like like we couldn't be. We, I wasn't screaming those lyrics. I kind of was just like looking around, like afraid that I was going to be like whisked away by somebody. Like they were just going to take all the dudes out of the stadium. Uh, what was the uh, What was the um, disparity uh like like male to female was it pretty even or was it slightly one way or the other there were definitely a lot more females yeah for sure there. yeah that's what i would yeah. yeah a ton i mean i mean i'm talking a ton more females but there were a good amount of dudes like 70, there i mean 30. you know yeah 70 30 maybe yeah something probably like something like that okay yeah. 70 30 65 35 I went to I went to uh, the NKOT BSB reunion tour with my sister, and I, and that was in an arena, and I was pretty sure I was one of like twelve dudes <laughs> in the entire concert. So, like, depending on the 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 disparity, you can feel a little awkward. But seventy thirty is not bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you have that many people, and you know, it's like you got date nights and stuff like that. And Beyonce's audience is like, you know, it's probably very similar to that too. But. Um, but they didn't. But the one thing about that is, didn't you tell me a long time ago? I remember when you went to that show and you said that like they closed men's bathrooms and made them women's bathrooms or something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I walked into a men's bathroom and there were bags over top of all the urinals and there were chicks inside. And I was like, <laughs> what is going on? And then I found out that on on each level of the arena, uh, they converted all but one men's room. Wow. Uh, into women's bathrooms because they knew how how you know lopsided it would be. <laughs> that was that was smart. They should have done that. With the when we saw her in L.A., she was at Dodger Stadium, which, by the way, is one of the worst logistically <laughs> built stadiums in the history of. Isn't it just on top of a yes. like a hill? It's Absolutely. on top of a big hill, and to get in and out of the stadium because there's like different levels because the state the, the ballpark is huge. It took us literally. 30 minutes to get from our seats to the exit. Oh, it was terrible. Not to, like, the nice. car, not to the parking lot. From their seats to the exit. It was just this mass of people. They were, like, shutting off ways that you could get up, go to the uh, main level concourse to get out. We had to go through the loge and suite level. It was just so was bizarre bad. and so weird. It was such a mess. If there would have been something that catastrophic that went there, even just, like, a fire, <laughs> we'd all be dead. Yeah. We'd all been dead. It was I don't bad. know how— <laughs> It's like they never, never could have imagined that many people there. They just weren't ready for it. It just not, isn't built for that, which makes no sense. No. Um, so that was a little bit hectic. Uh, so the Queen really started off the week and really topped it up, if you will. Uh, we saw Lunch Money Lewis Yes. Uh, in a cool, intimate venue there, if you're familiar with his song, Bills. And he was awesome, man. Yeah, he was, he so was awesome. If you're not familiar, I mean, I'm sure most people, if you hear the song, Bills, you'll recognize it and remember it. Beyonce has a song, Bills. She does. Ooh. But it's three of them. Nice connection. Bills, 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 Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills. Uh, So Lunch Money was awesome. Shouts to him. Shouts to him. Uh, And then Saturday we saw Chance the Rapper at the Greek Theater, which was... (sighs) That dude. That dude killed it. Chance is... Absolutely killed it. 
yeah, it was just it's hard to even describe like, what it was like being there because it's one of those shows. Whenever you go to a show, and he went on for what TV like an hour and a half, hour something and a half. like that. Yeah, it went by like that so fast. Wow. So when you know when a show goes by that quickly, you just know how awesome it was. Everybody was into it. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, while we were there, we saw the dude from Eight Mile. Yes, uh, the, right, Eminem. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Screw that guy. We're talking about the big dude from Eight Mile, the big guy. Oh, Ten of his girls. like group of friends. Yeah, yeah. We nice. saw him on way that. In, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's the dude from Eight Mile." I was super. <laughs> I was angry. like, "No, it's not." And I was like, "Oh damn, yeah, it is." Yeah, it is. It's like, what do you say <laughs> so, to that guy? But we, yeah, that, we saw him. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, and on the way out is where we saw back to the transition that got us here. We saw as we were walking out, walking down the street, we saw just like a random desk office chair on wheels on the side <laughs> of the sidewalk. We we're like, oh, that's kind of just weird. And then sure enough, less than five minutes later, while we're waiting for our Uber, some girls getting pushed down the sidewalk, down the hill in this chair. <laughs> It's a random just office like, chair. This is a random office chair just getting pushed down. And then they like stop and then there's like a group of people and she's they're taking pictures and posing with this disposable camera. It was amazing. It was hilarious. Nice. Like because you saw like the big flash and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a disposable camera. Yeah. And like <laughs> it definitely was. But um what else did we do? We went to Sir, which is like yep. the Vanderpump Rules thing that I have yet to see an episode of the show, but I've been to this restaurant twice with Dan and like, I don't know. He's obsessed with it. Wait, shouts to Sheena. We saw, we saw Sheena there. Yes. Uh, shouts to EVP, Erica Vanderpump. <laughs> yeah. Making, it, making the night special um, for us there. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool place to be. If you're familiar with the show, it's cool to be there. And yeah, that was our second time there. So get the goat cheese balls. Get the fried goat cheese balls. It'll change your life. There you go. Gotta get them. There you go. It'll change your life. It looked like you guys ate a lot of brunch. Lots. We did. We did. Lots. And we had NFL Sunday football brunch. Yes. There you was go. The, was the cherry on top of it on Sunday. I talked about this a little bit in our Steelers episode over on Chris and Dan podcast. Is kickoff time on the West Coast. It's beautiful. It's 10 a.m. for those 1 o'clock games. And the 4 o'clock games are at 1. So you wake up. Go down. We went down to the beach, watched some games, had a little bit of brunch afterwards, had the best chicken and waffles I've ever had in my life. Shouts out to Del Frisco's, <laughs> right? Shouts out. If you're there, get there. Dude, the, um, the funny thing about watching you know, NFL games in Los Angeles is so it's like, because there were a bunch of like, which you're probably not surprised by, is that like there's a bunch of um, diff- different bars for like different teams or whatever. There's like Giants bars, there's, you know, there's Steelers bars, there's, you know, just bar- Cowboys bars, whatever. So we go to this bar that's like literally right on the beach. It's called Big Dean's. And every game is on. So while you're watching a game, you're constantly turning your head because some group of fans is screaming at the, <laughs> at the screen. So it's like when the Texans nice. do something, there's people screaming. And then the Steelers do something, there's people screaming. Then the Browns do something, there's people screaming. It's like every time you're just constantly like, what is going on? What is going on? Even when it's nothing. And this bar, which I didn't know was a Giants bar, right? Like they love the Giants there. That's what they are. And Every time the Giants did anything, this group of dudes started screaming in one guy in the group, who I swear had <laughs> never watched a football game for like, hadn't watched a football game for four years, just kept screaming Eli. 
Didn't matter if it was the defense that did something. Didn't matter if it was special teams that did something. <laughs> he just screamed, Eli! Eli! <laughs> Didn't matter what it was, but... That dude was amazing. You're telling me a New York sports fan was loud and stupid? <laughs> Come on now. That doesn't sound right. Dude, it was so I mean, it was just it was so funny. It was because he just kept screaming Eli. I'm pretty sure he yeah. hadn't watched the game in like four years. It was wild. Yeah. It was wild. So yeah, there's games on all three walls. It's mo- you know almost it wasn't mostly Giants fans, but they had the biggest yeah, amount of fans a, there. But it was they were just the loudest, I feel like. It was they were just the loudest. But yeah, there's games on every wall and you literally people are facing all sorts of different yeah. directions. Like you're looking at a TV and someone's like looking over your head. It's very or like looking the other way. It was very bizarre, but you're right. It was unique because it, even though it was a Giants bar, everybody was there to watch their own team. Um, so it was kind of cool. And you're yeah, you're constantly looking around between plays, between whistles. There's something going on. And all the games that morning were crazy awesome. Um, and then the Rams played. Yeah, and then the Rams played. <laughs> and then every then the whole afternoon went to crap. And I think they beat. I Seattle. think I said this in the oh. episode. It's hilarious to me that. Ooh. That uh, in a city based around entertainment, Ooh. the Rams are the least entertaining team in football. Dude, easily. You can get tickets on StubHub for so cheap. So <laughs> cheap, dude. Like, it literally, the only games that are expensive are when they play somebody that, that is, like, entertaining. Like, they play the Panthers are on the schedule. I think that's, like, the most expensive game of the year for them is Makes the Panthers because Cam Newton's coming. But other than that, dude, they're, they're boring, man. They are they're boring. Oh, my Got God. Good defense and no quarterback. So yeah. it's like oh. a bad combination. It's, it's awful. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty awful. But, I mean, I just don't know who's going to go. I mean, if they're not entertaining, like, I'm not going to go down there. Like, I don't want – I have no desire to watch a boring football team. Like, none. I don't right. watch it. But, I mean, Aaron Donald's great. You know what I mean? Like, it's Tavon Austin's great if he can get the ball, you know. You got freaking Case Keenum behind under center. So, what can you do? Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah. Rough times. Yeah. Rough times for Rams fans. Yeah, they beat Seattle 9-3, to and we watched that game and just <laughs> kind of took down the energy level a little bit. But at least yeah. we had a good really brunch did. to follow it up with. Um, yeah, lots of good brunch out there yeah. in L.A., as yeah. we do, of course. Um, so, make sure you follow the brunch breakdown on Instagram for more brunch photos yes, and more epic advan- adventures that we go on. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of summed up the, the trip. A lot of brunch, a lot of music, Yeah, kind of just a real life episode of the brunch breakdown. A lot of and drinks, a uh, lot of, a lot of sangria, a lot of, drinks. A lot of, couple, lot of couple, beer, a couple of, too many, a lot of stuff, couple, <laughs> a lot of drinks, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Couple, you know, but we survived. I made it back for a full week in LA. Mr. Dudley, I look forward to the next trip. I thank you for your hospitality once again. Um, Anytime. I look forward to that. So, uh, yeah, that was that was the week in L.A. It was it was wild and wonderful, <laughs> and I don't mean as that as a shout out to West Virginia. <laughs> yes, you do. I... <laughs> yes, you do, Dan. Um, but let's move on to topic number three, one where I've already received a number of feedback from some of our listeners asking if we're going to talk about this topic. It's the number one story coming out of Hollywood. This week, uh, I was sad that I, I think I missed it by a day out in L.A. Just to, I would have loved to just walk the streets to get some people's responses and record that for the episode. <laughs> R.I.P. Brangelina. Broken up. 2016, or 2006, 2016, the 10-year relationship comes to an end. Guys, true love is dead. I have no hope anymore for anything. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Reactions. Surprised? 
Not all at once. Not all at once. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I didn't care. I really didn't care. <laughs> Neither do I. I was, you weren't shocked. You weren't like, no. True love is dead. Forget it. No, it's no. over. There's no hope for anybody now. <laughs> I was just like, who's going to adopt all the kids now that they're broken up? That's all I was thinking about. Like, I don't care about Brangelina. No. Like, like, you don't feel, do you feel bad for one of them over the other one? No. No, the one thing I, I guess I saw was that Brad Pitt's now facing like child abuse yeah. charges or oh, something like that. that. So, I mean, that's kind of messed up. But I, to feel bad for one of those, no, no. <laughs> they have so much money and so much of everything. I don't, I don't feel bad. It, it, they, and the thing with Brad and Angelina, right? Like, this isn't a celebrity couple that I actually like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like Brad Pitt. Like, Mr. I don't really, Mrs. Smith? Like, I don't like... What'd you say? Mr. and Mrs. Smith? <laughs> it's a, a good movie, movie. But, like, I don't like them. Like, But here's the thing, Dan. They broke up, but that movie, you still can watch. watch it, and they're, they're still, still in there. it. That's true. Like, they're still... You relive. Yeah. They're still relive in it. it. Like, I just... I never liked... I, it's like Brad Pitt. He's got some good movies. Like, Angelina's got some good movies. And don't... Like, I mean... And she had a period of time where she was, like, un, like you know, number one on everybody's list. But like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. I, I just didn't feel it. But, I, but my girlfriend, she like sent me like 80 text messages that morning that this happened. It was like, you are missing the biggest story in the world right now. And she's obsessed with Jennifer Aniston. And I feel like anyone who is a big fan of Jennifer Aniston, who I'm also not the biggest fan of in the world, like they were super excited that they broke up because... I guess this was yeah. like their, this was their, they got their revenge on Brad Pitt or something. I don't know. That was the thing. It's like weird. 10 years. Yeah, it was weird. They they were married. And like, that was the, the biggest photo. Like the second photo you would see under anything was Jennifer Aniston. What is, I don't understand what the connection is. Her and Brad oh, Pitt were together or married. Were they? Were they when? married? I oh. think they were married. And then he split up with her when? to get with Angelina, like back. I mean, Back in the day. 2005, 2006, before that. Right before Angelina. I can't care about stuff that was 15 years ago anymore, Thank man. And like it, There's too much I, going I thought it was, on. Like, everybody that. went to that. It's like, yeah, Brad broke uh, Jen's heart and everything like that. And like that was over 10 years ago. She's happy now. So if we're talking like 2004, yeah. like we were in high yes, school. Oh, I'm supposed yeah. to still care about yeah, that? Dude. She's on the cover, she was on the cover of the New York Post laughing. Yeah. It's like a, it was like... Why is that? Why are we going to that? Everybody, yeah, it was like all this like revenge that went towards it. It was like, ha, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have broke Jen's heart because now look at you. Now look at you. I was like, wow, we're really going to go in this direction. Like, I can't hold a grudge for more than like six months, <laughs> let alone 15 years. Come on. Yeah, I still have a couple grudges. I have a couple grudges out there. My second grade teacher, Mrs. Crabtree. Shouts, like, nah, man. Shouts to grudges, man. Yeah, Mrs. Crabtree, my ninth grade acting teacher, Mrs. Stone. And I think that's it. That, that's all I got. Damn, a lot but of those, teachers did oh, dude, you wrong. There's a huh? lot of teachers that did me wrong. Like, if I were to ever win, like, any kind of, like, award where it was, like, broadcast on television or nationally any way where it could get picked up by a bunch of people, like, I would. Whenever the podcast gets dude, the yeah. award. Is yeah, what exactly. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. I would shout out all of my teachers that I hate. Because there were probably, like, three that I actually liked. Like, <laughs> there were literally one, three. I can tell you three teachers that I actually enjoyed. And, wow. but the rest of them I hated, but there were like, but those two stone and Crabtree were like, they, yeah, like they're probably dead now, which is fine. 
and that's wow. it's whatever. Wow. What? They're old. I don't give a shit. It's just one of those things. That, that's an interesting thing to think about. Like, everybody goes up on the podium, and they're like, I like to thank so-and-so-and-so-and-so, and, so and, so and I like to thank people for supporting me. But, like, what if you reversed it and be like, I would not like to thank these yeah. people, and then you list off all the people that didn't believe Boom. in you. That's a Daniel Dudley move right that's there. It. I can't wait for that's that That's what day. I'm talking about right there. Well, more motivation for us, Chris, to get the brunch breakdown national into the spotlight and get us that award because you and I will go up there and thank the proper people, and then Daniel will slide us off to the side and be like, yo, no, listen, here's— uh, Screw you, Mr. Screw Jones. You. <laughs> Mrs. Crabtree. That's right. They start playing the music. They start playing yeah. the music to you. He's like, no, 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 yell at secretaries wow. too they were haters also so yeah i got a lot of them but wow oh yeah a couple of history lessons here i got a list okay I well got a you guys don't care list. about moral of the story is you guys don't care about brangelina and uh <laughs> no the rest of the world did, that's why but, i'm talking uh, about my ninth grade acting teacher right now <laughs> r.i.p 10 year run yeah you get more you have more emotion over that than you do the biggest celebrity couple in the world but uh <laughs> I saw somebody ask uh, Chris Pratt. I think he was at LAX, and somebody from TMZ asked him. Uh, you know, he's like, "Hey, man, did you hear that uh, Brad and Angelina broke up?" And I can't tell if he was being serious or he's being, you know, if he was being sarcastic. Because I don't know if he, he knows you them very well. He's like, "Oh, man, I didn't hear that. That's sad. I'll pray for them." <laughs> and I was like, in the way that he said it, it was like he could totally <laughs> just be like, "Oh, man, yeah, that's too bad. I'll pray for them." Or he could have been like, "No, literally, that's too bad. Like, oh, that's that's a sad story because I know Brad or I know that." And I'm like, oh. So I couldn't tell, but it was funny. It was funny just to watch the video. Um, <laughs> I'll pray for them. Big time story. That's big funny. time story. They're both freaking uh, gazillionaires, and they got all those kids. You know, whatever. Yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll they'll, be fine. they'll they will recover. Yeah, they'll be fine. It's just a matter of who who's next. Does Angelina go back into the like the Billy Bob wagon? I mean, she had some see, she had some rough days early on. She's really. Let's think about where she's coming. I don't come. understand how you remember all this stuff. It's you remember like, that? I don't even. That was huge. I, she, was a, I do, she, was a, like, she was She was sloppy. She was sloppy. That never crossed my mind until you brought that up. They would like up, roll out, like literally roll out of limousines drunk off their asses. You know, we, at just, we, like, we talk about we talk about Pop DK. I'm pretty sure like Dan memorized <laughs> everything from the 2000s, not just the music. Like I'm pretty sure you remember everything from the 2000s. That's my era, man. That's my era. What a decade. Dude, what a decade. It was a great decade. Like it was. It's it a was. great decade. Like I see people throwing around decades all the time and I'm like I don't know if it was it, you know, the 2000s were great. Like everyone always goes to like the 90s, which is fine, but like the 2000s, man. Yeah. Tell you what? Like I remember those days. I remember 2000s. those days, but it's a decade. Know, I hope Angelina doesn't go back in that direction. That would have been that's a rough way to relive. <laughs> A past like that. Shouts out to Bad Santa 2, I think, comes out this year, though. <laughs> it does. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Bad what Santa 2 coming happened? to a theater near you, I think, in November. How do you feel about Brangelina breaking up? Shouts out to Bad Santa, <laughs> man. <laughs> so Billy Bob Thornton got a Bad Santa 2 Billy Bob Thornton made. back on the big screen. Can't wait for that. <laughs> wow. Gonna be top wow. box office hits once again. That movie was um, so bad to be. I hated Bad Santa, and Bad Santa too. Now there's a two. That's just Hollywood's great. running out of ideas, man. They're running out of ideas. That's great for everyone. Um, all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's get off this topic before it gets any any worse. I guess. Um, <laughs> 
Something that's going around the uh, social webs all week is describe three uh, three fictional characters that describe you. Um, I had a little trouble doing this. Didi, I think you said you had it pretty much summed up, and you had your three pretty pretty easy. Who you who do you have as your three? All right, my three. Okay, so number one, uh, Willie Beeman from the movie Any Given Sunday. It's played by Jamie Foxx. Have you guys seen Any Given Sunday? Okay. Yes. Yeah, Willie Beeman. Any one. given Sunday, that, that could happen, especially on Monday night. Yes, same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> Willie Beeman, number one. Number two, Linus from, uh, from uh, you know, the Peanuts. Linus and Lucy. Linus! Linus, my guy. Can I ask why? Because, dude, I always carried around a Wait, blanket. Wait, was he the dirty one? What did you say? That's oh, no, Pigpen. Pigpen, no, <laughs> man. Not Is Linus. he the one with the Is dirt cloud around him? <laughs> Come on, man. Jeez. But no, Linus, bad, he always bad. had that blanket carried around, and I used to always carry the blanket with me, man. And like, I don't know, Linus is just my guy. We have a, we have a, we have a connection. And then the last right. one, Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City. Because what? literally everything I knew about sex before I had sex, I learned from that show, <laughs> and I learned from Carrie Bradshaw. So Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> and her homies, but she was a boss, and she was a writer too, which I always thought was dope. So those are my three. Willie Beeman. Linus, Carrie Bradshaw. That's one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you yeah. joking? Dude. No. Just Dude. saying. I'm a big Sex and City fan, and I started watching that show when I was in like, I think the show came out like sixth grade, seventh grade, something like that. And like, I was like, what? They do that? Girls do what? This is crazy. Are you serious? So I shouldn't have been watching the show <laughs> at the time, but literally, you know, hey, just saying. Hashtag, hashtag horse face. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Oh, um, man. So, so you got pig pen and horse face. Okay. Uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> big, big fan of the barn and the farm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Chris, is Mr. Ed on your list? I mean, who do you have? <laughs> Thank you for just completely oh, just destroying my, my list, Dan. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Didn't know this was the roast of Daniel's thir- three fictional characters. Thanks. Thanks so much, man. Thanks a lot. Oh, my God. Um, uh, crap, I lost track. Okay, uh, so my fir- the first one that came to mind for me that was the quickest was Michael Scott from The Office um, because, like, half of my vocabulary <laughs> are just things that Michael Scott has said. Mm-hmm. And, like, on a regular basis, I, I'll, like, somebody will say something, and I'll be like, oh, that reminds me of this scene from The Office, and I'll tell them the quote, and they won't think it's funny because they haven't watched the show, like, 4,000 times like I have. <laughs> so, Michael Scott, um, Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World, because growing up, I felt like I was Corey Actually, Matthews. Yeah, that's a good fit for you. And then I'm, I've struggled with number three, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure I even want to, mm. Go ahead, say it. You know you got one of the top of your head but you just don't think it's right just i don't think it's right speak it out we'll, we'll be the judge yeah, we'll we're the judge because since let's this is turned into let's judge everyone's three fictional characters because that's yeah. what dan did we're gonna do it for you yeah i know mine's coming so go ahead chris say what you're thinking we'll let you like know I, if it's right i feel like i relate to steve urkel in a lot <laughs> <Okay>. of ways <laughs> dan is already dying. <laughs> can i ask yeah we need a little bit of a little bit of reasoning why why do you why do you think that I don't know, man. Because you're in love with Laura like and he, you just can't get it. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> he, he, 
he fought he fought his whole life for for you know to for love and to be with the girl of his dreams and he achieved it right and he didn't care what anybody thought about the way that he acted like he wore what he wanted he talked how he wanted uh he did what he wanted to people were like man i don't even want you around and he just kept busting through that door like i respect that and the way that he dressed back then, like I feel like everybody nowadays is actually trying to dress like that. So I respect Steve Urkel in a lot of ways. That was the okay. deepest think piece on Steve Urkel I've ever yeah. heard in my life. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. god, I'm like, wait, okay, did hey. I even watch the same show? <laughs> <laughs> what about the fact Listen, that he? What about what about the fact that he did like change who? Like literally change who change he was. Who he was. No, that was a different person. That was Stefan Urkel. And you're welcome to claim Stefan Urkel if you would like to. (laughs) I also want to note that now I've decided the the title for this episode is Brunch Breakdown 17, Steve Urkel Think Piece. Yes. That's that's the leading candidate right now. (laughs) I'm going to write that down. But I respect him. Again, I'm not sure. I I may change the third one, but he kept popping back into my brain. Okay. Interesting picks. Dude, that's um, a good one. I struggled with, I struggled with this a little bit too. Um, I also had Michael Scott for many of the same reasons you said, Chris. Uh, inappropriate jokes at the worst times. Big fan of that. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. I'll run with that all day, every day, even when it makes no sense. Um, so many of the same reasons, Michael Scott. Uh, Daniel Bryan, my boy. Yes. 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 yes movement. WWE wrestler, even though a lot of that was based on his actual personality, technically still a fictional character. Uh, so shouts out to Daniel Bryan, although he had to retire early, so not so much on that part. Um, Dan, you had a retirement party at 28. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I didn't even put that together. Well done. Well done. All right. Thank you, Chris. Uh, so I stick with that one. The third one I did have trouble with, uh, Didi, you got me thinking peanuts. Uh, maybe Schroeder? Ooh. Big fan of the, um, piano, the, oh, piano, the guy. piano guy. Okay. okay. You know, maybe Schroeder. Maybe Schroeder in there. And between Schroeder and Gatsby, let's think Gatsby, and more of Leo's character in Gatsby, the movie, not like necessarily the book. Oh, I thought you meant there was a peanut like, named Gatsby. No peanut I was like, Gatsby. Gatsby. Like, which show did you, again, <laughs> no. another yeah. show, I'm like, did, did I watch this show? Like The Great Gatsby. <laughs> uh, but more, more so from the movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, because I'm a big fan of the three-piece suit. That's why right there. Big fan that's of the three-piece suit, so that's where I get. So somewhere between Schroeder and Gatsby, kind of put those in there together. So those are my three and a half. Nice. I like. I I, I like this. May I think I might change Linus to to Franklin though. Franklin. Franklin. I think I who's might Franklin? change Linus to Franklin. What? Did you say who's Franklin? I forget. Yeah. Franklin, Franklin. was the only black peanut. He's the only one. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dan. He's the only Thanks black a peanut. Lot. Black peanuts matter, Dan. Jeez. <laughs> God! <laughs> oh my goodness! How do you not know Franklin? <laughs> well, I don't think his personality matches you. Oh, dude! But Franklin was great. Anytime Franklin showed up, it was a party. Anytime Franklin showed up, I actually took a like. I was trying to find things to help me figure out who what fictional character would best fit me and like i just did a quick google search to, to see what other people were saying to just give me some ideas and then there was this like 10 question personality test that would match you up to like a fictional i think cartoon character was specific to it and i, I took it and it was like you're charlie brown and i'm like screw this man I ain't charlie brown nah <laughs> besides black and yellow besides black and, where... black and yellow we get nothing in common okay <laughs> 
You can tell that's one of those stupid like BuzzFeed quizzes that there's like literally five different things that's you it. could be. Right. And they're like the five most generic things possible. Exactly. And people I'm post like, those things like their life too. Like they always oh, do. I'm like, no. you do know there's like four options. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. there's four options. Like BuzzFeed put those things puts those things out like like it like it's water. Like they just they're like, yeah. There's three what, options. What people Gilmore, are so. What Gilmore girls character are you? <laughs> and there's like, like which one yeah, of the three? One, I don't know. Like, let's find out. I took out. one that said, "What what pop punk song are you?" And I went through it. I'm like, "Oh, this is really gonna be cool." And then it was like, "You're Hawthorne Heights." I was like, "Shut up! Shut up! Shut, up, <laughs> shut it down!" <laughs> this is not. This doesn't make any sense. Oh, I, I meant like to it. say this on the last brunch breakdown. Speaking of pop punk, this is completely off the subject of the fictional characters. Well, Dan, your face looks really funny right now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> To let people know that I don't know why. I'm Sorry, like, I was looking doing? up in the It was distance. so distracting. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so I went to this birthday party, and uh, Siobhan's friend Jamie, she had table settings, right? And I was like, Chris needs to do this for his wedding. Her table settings were, and it had everyone's names on them, and they were different pop punk CDs because she's a humongous pop punk fan. Ooh, and they nice. were like a, so it was like and i think like i got like brand new like person next to me you know got like panic and like a bunch of different other like a bunch of other pop punk bands and stuff like that and that's what they were they were just cds and that wherever she got them i don't know if they were hers or if like she just went to like some old vintage store and just like got just like grabbed a bunch of them for like a buck or something but those were all the table settings at this birthday party they were nice. all like that's pop awesome. punk cds you need to do that i love that idea Fiance Katie would not roll. Why not? Dude, it's your wedding too, we man. It's your wedding too. On a, on a centerpiece thing. <sighs> it's your wedding too, bro. It's your wedding too. Like, because if the place, oh. seriously, think about it. If the place cards <laughs> were CDs, were like pop punk band CDs, that's what the place cards oh, were? Oh, trust me. <sighs> yeah, I don't think you're asking for much there. I think she's probably getting everything else she wants. I think you can, you can ask it for one request. Come on. And if she doesn't, then we're taking over. You know what we're I taking do? over the reception. I, I mean, I already know. I already know it's not going to happen. But for <laughs> you guys, I will ask. Let's All get right. it trending on Twitter. Tweet at fiance. <laughs> I wish she was at, at fiance, fiance Katie. Katie. That'd be great. <laughs> she really does need to change oh, her Twitter man. to that at fiance. She Katie. Should be that. I I think she should. I'll t- I'll ask her that yes. as well. She was trying to change it the other day, uh, I think, because she wanted to have like a business and a personal. So maybe we can get her to make the personal one, fiance Katie. I'm, I'm down for that. Hashtag pop punk for for name cards. Yes. <laughs> Let's get it trending. Let's help our friend Chris Gates out. That'd be a great idea. Um, all right, next topic. We got to get through a couple more here uh, before we get too short on time. Uh, national anthem protests. A little bit more of a, a serious topic. We talked about it a little bit. A couple of weeks ago, I guess, and it still continues ongoing, and there's still national stories about it. Obviously, a lot of negativity happening, but the protests itself have really sparked a greater debate than maybe where we thought it was going to be, and it's spreading into different sports and everything like that now. Do you guys still continue to see the reasoning and effort behind it, and you see it making a difference? I think it is, man. I think it's having a great inference because I think the conversation is happening and it's still ongoing. I can't believe that this is the thing that made the conversation happen, though. I find that to be it's it's I don't know. I'm just I'm so surprised about it. I'm very happy about it. But I'm surprised mm-hmm. that this was the thing, not like something that's happened, you know, before. But no, I, I love it because I think for people who want to have a conversation, it's happening. You know, it's really happening. 
I think for people who don't want to have a conversation, they can just easily ignore it and say something about the military, which has been completely defunct by Colin Kaepernick and everybody else. They're like, no, this has nothing to do with the military. I am just upset with what this flag is supposed to represent. I'm, I'm disappointed in my country at this point. And I'm like, okay, well then, the converse and people just are asking why. I feel like a lot of people are asking why are you, do you feel this way about the flag? Why are you this upset? And I think it's, it, I think a conversation is happening and I think that's, that's, the, that's the part I love. So keep kneeling, keep talking and I'm cool with it. Yeah, I feel like this started in a place where well, so I don't think like when Colin Kaepernick started it, like I didn't get, I wasn't on the episode with you guys, yeah. so I didn't get to talk about that. But like I think it, I think it took him a while to actually execute it the right way. Like he didn't, the way he started it, and then like he had an opportunity to talk about it, and he didn't like turn it into a conversation. Like he didn't explain his actions in a way that created a conversation. Mm-hmm. It took him like a few more times to actually make that happen. Yeah. And so I think once it started to happen, it was good. And I think we started in a place where everybody was shouting down Colin Kaepernick to almost now we're in a place where, like, we're shouting down people that have an opinion about the flag that don't like the way people are are kneeling or doing their silent protests. And I hope we can just then kind of come back and be in the middle here and, like, everybody can just talk about it. and under Because, like... I, I feel this way about so many things like I can understand both sides of how people feel about this and I don't know what's right and I don't know what's wrong, but I know that people are talking about it and that's probably a good thing. Like if there are people that look at the flag and see the flag as a representation of the military and then they see people kneeling and they find that as disrespectful, like I can understand that, especially like if there's somebody, if there are people that served in the military and find it disrespectful, I can understand that. I can also understand how on the other side of things we have people performing silent protests because of the way they feel within this country. And I see how both sides probably have valid points to the whole thing. So hopefully there we can, can continue to get to a point where there's less shouting at each other and more just talking with each other. But I think, I think we've slowly but surely started to get more and more of that, which is a really good thing. Yeah. I'm surprised that this, took off as as big as it did and it's can still continue to have an effect in all sports major sports you know it's down to college and in high school teams now and people are doing it differently where you know there were nfl teams that would lock arms together and there's just different ways that they're you know making a statement uh whether it be you know kneeling or doing it as a team in their own way and it's definitely sparked a widespread conversation it's almost the number one thing that people talk about now before they even get into a game especially a national spotlight game where like if the 49ers are playing, it's all cameras, all eyes are on Kaepernick. And I think you're right, Chris, where it started off maybe a little bit rough and not the way that it should have gone for him, where at first he was sitting on the bench and then he didn't come out and really say anything about it. Then we saw the socks thing at practice that didn't go over well. And then he came out and spoke on it and really cleared up, cleared the message and the people got behind it. Now he's taking a knee instead of sitting down on the bench uh, and you're seeing more teammates join him and teams everywhere join him. And I just hope that it continues to spark the right conversation and the right type of protest. And we don't see, like, violent protests like we still continue to see. It's still a matter of, like, yo, everybody calm down. Let's talk. Like we've been saying, like you guys have been saying, let's talk about it. Let's not 
get violent with each other and protest that way. So Kaepernick doing it in the right way. And and now he's at this this end of the spectrum. I saw the report that came out the yesterday, I think it was this past week, where he's the most disliked player in the NFL, but he also has he's also number one in jersey sales. It's like, yeah. <laughs> he, how can you be both? It's like that's more of a relevance uh, list. That, like most disliked is more of like being relevant. Uh, so he's at different ends of the spectrum there where it's disliked, but yet his jersey sales are number one over everybody. He's not even the st- starting quarterback for that team. Yeah. Um, so it just speaks volumes on what it's done, what he's done. I don't know if even he imagined that it would have sparked what it has and how widespread it's it's been in this short of time. I'm, I'm sure he's he's happy about it and that it's it's done the right thing. Didi, I know when you and I talked about it, we were behind the reasoning and the method for it and that it could appear negative to some people, but once it got clarified to understand what exactly the meaning was behind it, it's not anti-military, it's not anti-this, uh, but there is a specific thing that it's targeting that I think we can all get behind that it's hopefully leading to that change and it's just a matter of time and how many more people it's going to influence yeah it's just it's a it's anti-police brutality man and just what it is that i don't i mean i don't understand what it is about what it is about black people and police and that's police of all colors it's just police it's not and that's the thing i love about anytime kaepernick has spoke he's never said white he's never said it's white people he said it's Mm -hmm. the police and that's really what it is like if you watch the if you saw the video of the terrence crutcher the police shooting this past week Dude's cars like stalled out in the middle of the road. He calls 911 twice. There's helicopter footage of like a dude in a helicopter saying, "Oh, he's like, oh man, he looks like a bad dude." Like, why does he say he looks like a bad dude? Like mm-hmm. he's literally standing there, and you are thousands of feet above him in the air, and you're saying he's a bad dude. Then he gets tased. Then he gets shot, and you see the footage of him with his hands up. And you're just he's with, his, with his hands up. He's not doing anything wrong. And all of a sudden, he just gets shot and he gets killed in the middle of the road. And you're like, what the hell is this about? Like, this makes no mm-hmm. sense, you know? And it's like that fear that, you know, black men have that I have of the police. And I always have, you know? Like, I've had my stories of cops. Like, I remember one time getting pulled over, like, for literally no reason. And he was like, I smell weed in your car. Never smoked weed in my entire life just me in the car he pulls me out of the car have my hands on the uh have i have my hands on my hood while he's literally throwing stuff out of my car and i'm like what the hell is going on but i can't say anything i'm basically in tears and i'm just like what the like is going on? he's like all right we didn't find anything and then gets in his car leaves and all my stuff all over my car is just everywhere so i'm just mm-hmm. like, putting stuff in my car whatever and then after that point it's just like i can't trust anything like i've been followed home many times to the point where i was like am i being followed right now and then i would just like make a turn near my house and then make another turn that i didn't need to make just to see if he's keep following me just did and i'm just like what is going on here like it, there's just this i don't know what it is there's this fear of of black men driving i don't know what it is i just know that it's something that shouldn't be happening in 2016 and when i hear people say stuff like oh well race relations have have grown so much since the 1960s and i'm like well i mean that doesn't mean that's good you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i'm happy that we're not i'm not being chased by dogs like i'm happy you know what i mean like i'm happy that we're not drinking at different water fountains you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that doesn't mean things are great it just it needs to be better you know and 
things need to things need to change and i don't know how that changes but the fact that a conversation is happening is i feel like we're headed in the right direction and i just feel like us as millennials when we have children when we have things like that we just you know we need to talk to them and tell them what's right and what's wrong and how this just won't happen you know what i mean i feel like it's very important how much people bash millennials for whatever reason old people do i don't know why but i feel like we have a very big responsibility of like making the world different and changing things well one of the Steelers this past week was quoted one of the offensive linemen and he's like you know I'm a 300 pound black guy <clears throat> I drive a big uh he said I drive a big black truck with tinted windows and I have a Rottweiler and he's like you you uh, and he basically said you know on any given day I could get pulled over and for no reason end up in a really bad situation yeah. not come home to my 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 wife and kids I mean it's just like I mean, I, 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 ha- I have no idea what that feels like, but I can certainly sympathize with it. And, you know, you know, I, I it's it's shocking in my mind to, like, try and put myself in that scenario and think about what that would be like. And uh, I don't know. It's it's amazing that, that we still have those type of situations in this country. It's 2016, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, true. We can only hope it continues to spark more civil debate and conversation and we don't continue to see this this disgusting crap that seems to happen almost every single week or every other week uh going on now so hopefully going in the right direction but you know unfortunately it's still uh pretty out there and pretty relevant and happening and just because it's not happening we're you know right outside of our backyards or our listeners backyards doesn't mean it's not important and not worth talking about so um another debate that's kind of on the same subject, kind of ease back into things. Mr. Dudley, you brought this up a couple of weeks ago, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet regarding the Star Spangled Banner, you know, talking about protesting the national anthem. And you posed the question, does the Star Spangled Banner need a remix? You know, with the Olympics going on, we heard it a bunch. Shouts out to Team USA. <laughs> uh, but is it time Not for the song team, to get – <laughs> Not the hockey team. Don't no. don't bring it up, no, D. Yeah, just gosh. Stop. Oh my god, dude. Just stop it. <laughs> uh, Team USA hockey. Oh god. Oh. That hurt. That hurt. Embarrassed. Yeah, we'll That's leave the hockey team Shout, out of it. Shouts to shouts to Phil Kessel though. Yeah, shouts out to Phil yeah, Kessel. That was pretty my great. Man. And um, who else said something? Didn't somebody else say something too? It wasn't just Kessel, right? That's someone else. That I'm sure somebody else did. They should have. Um, they no, should have. It was know. embarrassing. I heard the players on the team got all butthurt about it, though. Oh, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they, they were, yeah, they were just like, I was like, you guys got embarrassed. Like, you guys got like, that's, like, don't be mad that's at sad. It, like, don't be mad at Phil Kessel because you played like shit. And by the way, Phil Kessel wasn't criticizing the players. It was basically the management for leaving him off the team and making a joke about it. And they got all, oh, that's that's a disgrace. That's aggravating. Well, so was your performance, and you should focus on that, <laughs> yeah. bro. You got um, embarrassed. Like they didn't lo- they didn't just lose. Like they got embarrassed in yeah. the World Cup of Hockey. Okay, you, you th- we're going to do the Eclipse Notes version of this. <laughs> Team USA Hockey went into the World Cup of Hockey saying Canada's really good and they're really skilled and they can score at will and they said how can we stop that? And their decision was we're going to bring a bunch of guys onto our team that can't score. Bunch of grinders, <laughs> right? They're, they're like we're going to be tough and we're going to be gritty. You're also not going to score, and you didn't even medal. Didn't work. So. Yeah. Didn't work. 
John Tortorella, but, one of the worst humans on the planet, I think. But what's that? But the Star Spangled Banner, I feel yeah. like it needs a remix. I really do. I feel like it, there needs to be some kind of update. You know, I feel like it's almost like right now it's just like it, it's, it's something needs to happen. Maybe, I don't know if it needs to be an upbeat, more upbeat version. I don't know. Something needs to get together because it almost feels like we're wa- it's like you're using a disc man in 2016 it's like or you know you're you're you have an a track player in your car still in 2016 like it just seems like it needs an update it just doesn't move me the same way it should have it should move me but like what are you basing that off of like every other country has the same type of anthem shouts out to o canada probably my one of my favorite anthems but just the Star Spangled Banner. And no one knows really the words of the Star Spangled Banner, too. There are words used in the Star Spangled Banner that don't exist in the world today. Jeff you know? Jimerson knows the words, I'll tell you that. <laughs> like, <there's laughs> Francis Scott Key, Francis Scott Key wrote the anthem in Baltimore's, uh, right outside of Baltimore's Inner Harbor. Yeah. Fort McHenry, I think it is, when it was going down. There's, like actual, uh, there's an actual buoy floating there where the ship was when he wrote it. Which is actually kind of cool to see. I've I've been in the water there a couple of times and and seen that. That's pretty cool. But dude wrote that song a long time ago, and it's yeah. still no, no. It's not snow. No, it's, it's not still. Like no, there are Beatles songs that still are still fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there are songs by the Stones that are still fire. Elvis yeah. has songs that are still fire. The Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> there are better songs about America. To be honest, there are better songs about America. God bless the USA by whatever that dude's name is. I remember they used to play it before yeah. every high school football game. That song's better. America the Beautiful is better. Like, I feel like we may even adopt a new song, like, about America. I don't know. Just saying, guys. Chris, your thoughts, please. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. He doesn't know. Hot takes here. I'm. I'm. I like the the Star Spangled Banner. I'm sitting here trying to figure out who we would um, task with the remix. Kanye John and Tesh. Paul McCartney. What? John Tesh. Paul McCartney's not an American. Paul, Paul McCartney, the biggest thing in rap, right? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. No. In 2015. Think about what Kanye. If you and say Beck. Grimes, I'm gonna punch Beck. you in the face. I want Beck to write the national anthem. Here go America. Wow. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. We gotta put somebody to task for this. I say Kanye and Paul McCartney, because they gave us a beautiful song about Kanye's daughter and then gave us all day. You can't get two different spectrums in that. And they also gave us four or five seconds. That's a country song. I love Paul McCartney, but you can't have an uh, a guy that's not an American write the anthem for your country. Dude, there's no American judges on America's Got Talent. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You're welcome. But John Tesh. <laughs> John Tesh and Beck. There it is. That's my duo. Go get it. My done. God. Let's That'll get to what we're listening to. God damn it. Yeah, we're talking music. Let's get into some music uh, of what we're listening to this week. Chris, always excited to hear what you're listening to. Why don't you go first? Um, <clears throat> this is a little. I know normally on this segment we promote music that we like, but I have a album that I listened to this week that I am so disappointed. Ooh, wow. I love it. I love it. Let's go. All right. T- 
Taking Back Sunday's new album is not good. Ooh. Really? It is not good. Like, obviously, I fell in love with Taking Back Sunday with uh, Tell All Your Friends. And, like, they've grown and developed as a band since then because that was over 10 years ago. They took a little break for a while, and they came back with this album, man. And I am just I, – I don't know what they're trying to do if they're trying to work in a completely different genre of rock now or what it is. But, like, whatever they're trying to do, man, I don't want any of it. I, I don't <laughs> wow. want to be a part of it. It's not – it is not good. It is not good. Interesting. Yeah, sorry. Interesting take from Chris Gates. Well, I like that you brought that – different side of it yeah um yeah i mean because what you're listening to it doesn't always mean that you're listening to good stuff like you may hear true like the new britney spears song true. and she's telling you to raise her roof and you're sitting there like, like what the no hell does that i don't mean? want to do that like what are you talking about <laughs> i have no i i heard that last night on the way home from my hockey game i'm just somebody explain this song to me what is this supposed to mean i have no idea um but yeah i mean if if you're if you're listening to this and, and you heard the new uh, Taking Back Sunday album and you liked it. Let me know what parts you liked. Like, I went into it with an open mind because I already heard a few songs that were pre released. And I was like, okay, this is different, but I just, I'm not into it. I'm not into it at all. One song I, uh, I do have to go along with that that I'm pretty happy about, though. A uh, band called Postseason. Uh, they're actually from Pennsylvania. Uh, they released a single that's coming off that is coming from their upcoming uh ep the song's called backroads uh it's really good and I, it's pretty good I, I, <laughs> and uh i like these guys I, I like these guys a lot they appear on a lot of the uh like they'll come to pittsburgh uh a decent amount and play shows like if there's a, a big pop punk they might be on are they on four chord the four chord festival i don't know I they don't, might be i don't think but, so but uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe. They're, I mean, they're a pretty low-key band. Like, I don't think a lot of people know about them. So wanted to make sure uh, I, I put that in there. And I actually asked the band directly when the album's coming out, and they said that within the next couple of weeks they'll have a release date for nice. it. So I'm looking forward to that. But postseason, the song Backroads uh, is pretty good, and I'm excited to, to, to hear what the rest of the album sounds like. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty okay. good. Pretty Here's good. What, that was, that's a, that's a new segment we call Here's What's Pretty Good and Not Very Good with Chris Gates. <laughs> So right. thank you. Um, I like it. I'll go next because I'm afraid Didi's going to take some of my songs again, it and is. I don't want that to happen. Uh, so <laughs> they're not your songs, Dan. They're yeah, the world's. They're, world the, they're songs. everybody's songs. They will be once I tell you about them. Um, <laughs> Except for Grimes, you can have Grimes. Yeah. Grimes, oh yeah. I'm getting you that Grimes jersey. That's an actual player's jersey, Chris. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> He's a Pro Bowl oh, quarterback. He plays for Tampa Bay now. Shout out to Grimes. I'm getting you that jersey. That we saw that. made me laugh so much this week. <laughs> I laughed so hard at my computer screen looking at that. It's spelled the same way. <laughs> shout out to Grimes. Um, also, shout out to Churches. I saw them at Thrival Festival in Pittsburgh last night for the third time this year, fourth time overall. Their first album uh, and their s- single, uh, The Mother We Share, came out three years ago this past week. So shout out to Churches like where that band has gone in a very quick amount of time. But my songs for this week, uh, Bishop Briggs, I'll start with her. Uh, I brought her up a couple episodes ago, and then for some reason, Dee Dee decided to bring it up again like he didn't listen <laughs> for her song, River. Uh, her first single was Wild Horses. Uh, then River were two really good ones. And she came out with a song this past week called Be Your Love. So if you like the way that she sounds, 
it's another one of those really good songs, kind of unique singer songwriter uh, from. She originally went by Bishop, now goes by Bishop Briggs. So be your lovers out. Be your love is out from her this week. Just a, a single at the time uh, for that release. Song number two. I don't know how I feel about this one. Calvin Harris, My Way, came out. And the song's got a really good beat. I think it moves. I think it bumps. I think it's one of his better songs that he's had where it's just him and he's not featuring Rihanna or featuring somebody else. I think it's one of his better ones in a while. But it's a very simple song. There's not many lyrics. And if you really listen to the lyrics, it seems like it's obvious to me that this song is about Taylor Swift. Have either of you heard this song? Heard this song, and do you agree or disagree with me? I've heard it. I've heard because we're, think... we're, we're playing it right now, and yeah. it's, it's right. It has to be. What you what you say? It's about. It Taylor has Swift? to be about yeah, her, based I, on the words. Yeah, you could think it's about probably about Taylor Swift because he's singing it too, and this is like yeah. he's singing on the song, which is a different thing. And apparently, Pharrell is the one that told him to sing on the song because I guess oh, they really? had someone else singing okay. on it, but they didn't say who. But I guess Pharrell told him like you have to sing this song. And I think because, that's yeah. what lets you know it's about her. Right. And he's sung before. You'll recognize his voice. It's, I don't know. It's, it's not it's, good. It's not good. It's not good. Like, Chain Smokers, you shouldn't be singing either, bro. Um, <laughs> saw them last night, too. But, uh, yeah, so my way, I like the song, but again, the lyrics are just like, if you listen to it, it'll be on the playlist whenever the hell that comes out <laughs> next week. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, you'll see it's probably targeted towards her a bit, but it's like... Only a couple of lines, but it's a good song. I'm sure it's making its way around the radio. Uh, Aluna George, big fan of Aluna George. We've seen them a couple of times. It's, it's a singer. Her name's Aluna. George is the producer slash techno. She's kind of, it's kind of like an electronic. Didi, I don't know how you describe it. Like electronic kind of funk yeah. kind of sound. Oh, Chris, um, Aluna George is all one word, by the way. Just to let you know. Yes. Yes, it is one word because it's. All right, I'll talk to you guys in two weeks. <laughs> Chris doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. It took their two names and put them together in one word. Aluna George, one word. Um, she was on – Aluna was featured on uh, that song White Noise by Disclosure from a couple years ago that some people might remember her voice from. But Not About Love is off of their album I Remember, which is out now. Um, so I would encourage you to check out that album, but the song, Not About Love, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Right, check it out. Um, and then lastly, when we were out in L.A., we went to an event called School Night, which takes place on Monday nights, kind of a smaller venue, real real up-close, personal, real intimate setting, which is awesome. And this chick that we saw that goes by the name of Dagny, Chris, I know you love that, D-A-G-N-Y, um, Absolutely. Chris isn't here anymore. Killed. <laughs> Chris, is, Chris is left. Chris has been replaced. He heard Aluna George's one word, and he was Chris like, I'm left. Um, <laughs> check this girl out. Uh, she's got a, she had a really good supporting band behind her, and they both – she had a, her guitar player and her bass player were both singing with her and sung really well. It's a great sound overhaul, overall, but it's really just her. She signed to Republic Records by the name of Dagny. Uh, her EP, Ultraviolet. Came out a couple of weeks ago. She's from Norway, uh, kind of a eclectic pop kind of singer. Um, the song "Ultraviolet" off of that EP called "Ultraviolet" is the one that I encourage you to listen to, and I'll put on the playlist this week. But it's like a five-song EP. She's got a song that features Borns 
on there. If you're familiar with Bournes, I think we've mentioned him a couple of times before, too. So, uh, Ultraviolet from Dagny, Not About Love from Luna George, My Way from Calvin Harris, and Be Your Love from Bishop Briggs this week. I like it. I like it. All right. Like well, it. this week I got first. I got to talk about Mac Miller. Put out a new album. It's called the Divine, the Divine Feminine, which he's basically just talking about a girl. Like he's talking about a girl, or he's talking about a series of relationship issues with a girl. Whatever it is, the album's amazing. I think How is he dating Ariana Grande? I mean, they've been friends for a while. I have no idea, but he's dating her. He Jeez, was on her first big man. single. So I don't know, but shouts they, to him. Shouts to the four one two repping. That gives me, you know. So yeah, so gives all yeah. the boys a lot of hope out there. Look for Ariana Grande around. Uh, where is he from? Like, where is he? I forget. I can't where remember now. Anyways, anyhow, that doesn't really matter. Uh, but well, the album's good. <laughs> Meg Miller, uh, the Divine Feminine. He's got the song on the album that's called "Stay." That is my favorite song on the album. It's called "Stay." It's called "Stay," and I just freaking love it it's just this awesome song about him and this girl and just like wanting to get closer to her and getting to know all about her and i love this album because mac miller continues to keep doing different things in uh in hip-hop and like his career has just like went from the the party rap guy to you know to talking about serious topics to you know this album that's just all about love he just keeps evolving and i i really enjoy that um Danny Brown, one of my favorite, one of my favorite rappers that not too many people know about. Uh, he's got this song called Really Doe, and it's featuring Kendrick Lamar, Absol, Earl Sweatshirt, and it's, it's amazing. Like, it's, the beat's crazy, and you're just going to be bobbing your head to it a ton. Um, Sir the Baptist, who we talked about a few weeks ago, I've talked about a couple times on here. He's got a new song called out, What We Got, and I love, love that song. And Dude, I saw thrival, him live. Right? Did you see him? I saw him, saw him live last night. If he's anywhere near your city, go. The show that he puts on with his band and his backup singers is incredible. I would nice. encourage anybody, if you can see Sir the Baptist, it's, it's a, a, an awesome, awesome show to see live. He was great. Nice. And then one last one. This is a song that you're probably going to start to hear all over the place because a bunch of rappers are doing remixes to it. It's Young M.A. Ooh. Oh, 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 <laughs> you, you. <laughs> and Ooh. it is literally, it's this, it's really simple. The beat's just super hard. And like everybody seems to be jumping on this song right now. Like Beyonce doesn't even really post the Instagram too much. And she like posted a video of her like dancing to this song. And um, like the games jumped on it. Meek Mill's jumped on it. I think Drake has jumped on it. It's just been a ton of people jumping on this beat because the beat is better than anything that Young M.A. says. But you're going to start to hear that song, I think, everywhere, probably on pop radio soon, too, because it's nice. It's just a I mean, it's just one of those songs that is just going to just end up catching. And it's it's big. So Young M.A., um, ooh, <laughs> Mac Miller stays. Sir the Baptist, what we got and really dope by Danny Brown. That's what I'm listening to this week. The look on Chris's face right now is just <laughs> so amazing. disinterested in the words. No, that we- I was just thinking about how funny it would be if on the radio, ooh, was followed by wow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. We need to make that happen. We need to make that happen. Yeah. Maybe we should lead in this, in this episode with one of those songs. Yeah. <laughs> ooh or wow. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Obviously, you've heard it by now if you're listening to this, but I haven't decided. So we will yeah. see. We will see either ooh or wow. I'm sure you'll figure it out because it's one of those big words. Um, 
All right. On the topic of music, we got one more that we can sneak in here too. Yeah. Uh, hashtag Save Nelly was yes. trending this week, and Nelly. It came out that Nelly owes the IRS two million dollars, and fans are in an attempt to try to save him by streaming his music. Uh, Didi, you you heard this story yes. first. Tell us a little bit about Save Nelly and uh, what you're trying to do to Save Nelly. Well, uh, once this story broke that Nelly owes the IRS a ton of money, I think it's closer to actually $3 million. Oof. I, I, but, uh, but anyway, it's, it's $2.something million that he mm-hmm. owes the IRS, which I just don't understand how this happens. But anyways, um, <laughs> it, when the story broke, Spin put out an article say, telling fans how many times that like, and I don't know if they meant to do this with the Save Nelly thing. It just ended up happening. They put an article saying how many times you need to stream Nelly's music for him to make up that $2.1 million. It's like, <laughs> you got to stream hot in here like 300-something million times or something Jeez. like that to get to it. So it started trending. Like, it started trending last, it started trending last week. Hashtag save Nelly. And people <laughs> were streaming his songs nonstop, streaming his catalog. The entire Nelly catalog that's on all streaming services, right? Yeah. Went up by Four hundred (laughs) percent when the hashtag save Nelly campaign started. And this is one of those things where it's like some days I get on the Internet and I hate the Internet. I feel like Mm -hmm. everyone has that feeling. But Mm -hmm. this was one of those days where I'm like, I really love the Internet. I love the Internet (laughs) so much. Like we all deserve the Internet because of hashtag save Nelly. Save Nelly. Chris, I know you're a big Nelly fan. I think you were devastated when you heard this news. Yeah, (laughs) I caught on to all this very much after I think it was a, a big thing and happening. Um, what did what did Nelly do with all of his Honey Nut Cheerios? Like, how did he not, <laughs> you know, must be the honey. I guess it didn't. There wasn't a lot of that coming in because I, I don't understand. Like he, cereal sales down. Like I, there must be too many people going out to brunch. They're skipping over cereal and the Honey Nut Cheerios. Dude. That's the problem. Maybe it's our fault. Maybe it's our fault in promoting brunch. Nelly has so much money. Like Nelly was Nelly is I think he was the like he sold the most records in the 2000s. Another reason why the 2000s might be the best decade than any other male period in the 2000s. And that's when people bought albums like Nelly made real music money, like real music money. Like, I don't I have no idea how this happens. And you see it with celebrities all the time. I don't get it. Like, why don't you guys? I mean, it's really easy to pay your taxes. Like, yeah. you know, go on H&R Block and pay those things. Like You have, you have people <laughs> that, like, watch your money for, for you, and you have to pay those people. It's not like it's free, but, like, yeah. they're giving you a heads up, like, yo, bro, you're running a little tight right now, or you need to <laughs> pay your taxes here, man. Yeah. Like, stop spending it. all the money on the Cheerios, all the Cheerios money, Cheerios funds. Um, I'd say we should have a Cheerios bracket, but I don't think it'd be me close. I think Honey Nut would win by far, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. So that's unfortunate. Um, multi grain would be multi grain would be in the uh, play in game. Multi grain's great, but it's it's, no, it's okay. We're not no, we're not starting. It's like date. It's like a sleeper. I got stuff to do we can't today. Do this. Okay. Nelly song. Oh wow! There's so many. There are so many. Jeez, hot in here maybe. Ride with me is it? Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah. Love that song I played so much. So and I'm much, always going to like Country Grammar because that's when we fell in love with Country Nelly, Grammar. Yeah. That's always a great one, choice. One you can't two. go wrong. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Me. Oh, man. I just remember that year, like that year that Nelly broke and like no one even knew what the hell he was talking about. 
Like, no one even knew what the <laughs> hell he was saying. Like, it was just like, what yeah, is going on? But every song, like, uh, Batter Up, like, that, that Country Grammar album is stuff a legend. It's freaking amazing. Bring back the, uh, the eye band-aid maybe that can be we'll write save nelly hashtag save nelly on the band-aid put the under your eye spread the awareness people (laughs) spread it (laughs) nice but um all right boys that uh that looks like that's gonna wrap it up yeah for another delicious episode of the brunch breakdown we of course (laughs) have some leftovers we'll eventually have to get to uh we have some speaking of breakfast things uh dead's been ranked their pot their the best pop tart flavors uh we'll get to that at some point of course we missed our weekly kanye segment we can assure you that we'll have that in brunch 18 uh where he's uh got a couple of things that came out he's on instagram and he has some interesting interesting things on his tour writer so uh we'll get to those topics and of course many many more that come up in the next two weeks of course you can always tweet at us at brunch breakdown or any of us individually we want your listener questions we will uh Take those and answer those on the next episode of The Brunch Breakdown. But Chris Gates, hit him with that knowledge one more time. Uh, We are on iTunes and SoundCloud, so you can go over there and subscribe to the podcast. Search for The Brunch Breakdown. Hit subscribe. Uh, We are on Twitter, like Dan said, at Brunch Breakdown. We are on Instagram at Brunch Breakdown. And uh, we are on Facebook, so give our page a like. The website is chrisanddampodcast.com. Uh, Didi is on Twitter at Didi is bored. Dan is on Twitter at Steel City Dan twenty two, and I am on Twitter at Chris underscore Gates. Gentlemen, I've had a lovely time, and I look forward to doing it again soon. Dude, had a great time. Don't forget, Spotify playlist will be up and on Spotify and Apple Music. All you got to do is uh, search "Sounds of Brunch," and you will there get the is. playlist for all the music of the songs. Sounds good of brunch plug. Good plug. Spotify Sounds of Apple Brunch. Music. We'll tweet it out through our uh, social medias as well, but you can always find it directly on Spotify. Always try to get it on Apple Music as well. Find it through those mediums. So uh, check that out. You can always find the artists and songs that we pointed out to you in this week's segment. So, uh, gentlemen, fun, entertaining, as always. I look forward to talking Brunch 18 with you guys in a couple of weeks. But until then, we'll see Yin's guys at the table with a reservation for three.